Welcome to another Chaos and Comics podcast. My name is Chris Sarda. You can find me at Chaos and Comics on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and all uh, the podcast networks. Uh, I do a lot, probably a lot more on YouTube for those that just find this in the podcast world, uh, reviewing books and talking about books and and uh, looking closely at some of them. For example, uh, Department of Truth is up. Uh, we did a, a real close, in-depth look at it, talked about the art, flipped through the pages uh, for people that are into that sort of thing. Today, I am going to talk about the Marvel previews issue for the things for all the comics that are being released in June 2021. Um, so there's a, a lot of fun stuff going on here. Now, normally when I do these, or not normally, there's a a choice between either... Uh, I, I used to just have the previews magazine, uh, and, and I would talk through that. Um, lately, I've been finding it on the internet. Today, I'm, I'm, I am actually looking at the Marvel previews magazine. When I record the DC one, I'll probably do that one off the internet. So it'll go back and forth. But if you hear pages flipping, it's it's for that reason. Um, there is a uh, there is something I like better about going through the actual catalog or the magazine. Um, you know, it just has the same feel of of going through a comic. It's almost even more exciting too because you get the uh, you get a lot more. Um, large pictures, uh, and and in, in a lot of ways, you just sort of have to let the marketing work on you. Because um, when I do it on when I do it on the computer, I have a, a list of solicits. I read the solicits, I talk about it, and I can click and I can look at the at the covers if I want to, right? But sort of the, the point of all of this stuff is is that it's fun, is that it's exciting. Super. It, when we talk about the Marvel stuff, it's the superheroes, you know. Uh, when I do the Image show or the the big indies or the small indie show, that's a little different. Um, but there is a little bit of fun of actually flipping through the magazine, in my opinion, just because uh, I you know I get the blown up pictures and what the covers are going to look like and examples of the covers. In a lot of ways, it's a be- better experience. Uh, for for me at least, doing the show or uh, reading and and deciding what I'm going to actually buy and purchase or or read. So just because I don't buy it doesn't mean I won't read it down the line on the Marvel Unlimited app. And um, and then the stuff I'm not going to read that I won't even take the time to read it on Marvel Unlimited. So uh, just to start out, you have um, two two big things going on in June uh, are going to be the Hellfire Gala. Uh, in the in the world of the X Men, uh, with a a planet sized X Men number one, not a giant sized X Men number one, but a planet sized X Men number one. So who knows what that's going to be? It's going to involve the Hell Hellfire or the Hellfire Gala for sure, uh, and then Heroes Return, which we'll talk about uh, with Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. So uh, I'm opening it up. I'm opening it up on the the X Men side, and uh, we'll talk a. Uh, a little bit more about this when we get to it, but Predator is coming out, and Brisson is doing that, and uh, I do really like this cover. The actual Predator cover is uh, pretty good, to be honest, uh, better than the, the Predator Marvel covers that came out. I was a little bit disappointed in there, and then uh, and then a an invitation to the Hellfire Gala, and this is this is fun little marketing here, uh, and then it has a list of the books. That are going to be in the Hellfire Gala. I don't think that this is going to be a, uh, a, a an event like Ten of Swords was, where you had to read them in order necessarily. I think that the Hellfire Gala is happening, and then stuff is happening with the characters that have been in all of these comics, like Marauders, X Force, Hellions, etc. 
Um, but let's get into uh, Heroes Reborn. So when I put out the last Marvel previews podcast for uh, stuff being released in May, Heroes Reborn was uh, was being solicited, and it looked like it was going to be a weekly thing. And uh, I still don't feel like it's it's been built up very much. Maybe as we get closer, we'll uh, we'll start hearing more about it, or or people talking about it, or being excited about it. But I I feel no. Uh, excitement or buzz uh, about Heroes Reborn whatsoever. And it, it's really strange. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Jason Aaron ran out of goodwill. Uh, not that he hasn't been writing great stuff, but sometimes people just hear your name too much and he was in Thor and he had War of the Realms and he's still writing Avengers. So I would the only thing that's changed would be my maybe my opinion of Heroes Reborn, just trying to look at it from a more positive point of view, who cares if it, for me, who cares if it doesn't sell, it's coming out, if I enjoy it, I enjoy it, and I was pretty sure last month I said uh, I, I wasn't going to buy it, uh, and I wasn't going to read it, uh, and then I think I saw an artist I liked on it or something like that, uh, but there's another part of me now that when I see Heroes Reborn, and I and I sort of see what the, the premise is, the world without the Avengers or something, and the, the Squadron Supreme is running things... Uh, I, I find it to be very brave that they would do something like this that and, and that they would trust Jason Aaron to do it and they would make it such a giant uh, event uh, with a bunch of characters that that really don't matter. You know, Power Princess, I'm just reading some of them that I see here. Um, Nighthawk, that's not a marquee character at all. And uh, Hyperion and Nighthawk the squadron supreme so it's all these things that aren't big properties and they're giving them they're giving it a, a, a an event and at the very least it's brave uh you know at the whatever the second thing is to the very least it is uh it's it's new it's a new idea it's unfortunately called heroes reborn which as i said last month uh people don't remember fondly uh, and then there's a going to be a hero's return. So uh, you, and then the other part of it is that you're going to get they're 4.99 books, and you were getting one a week of the main story plus all those tie-ins. And uh, so they got through four issues in May, and then we get five, six, seven, and hero's return number one uh, in in June. So I don't know. There's so much of it that I don't know that I'm going to actually buy it. I don't think I want it in my collection. Um, you know, maybe I might buy number one and, and then look into it digitally. Um, or maybe I just might buy number one digitally. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it, but I am, I am interested enough that I want to read it. I do trust Jason Aaron. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just, it's, there's just no buzz about it. No one cares about this. And unfortunately it's be one of those things where, a large number of people aren't going to read it, and then that, but their opinion is going to be the that general opinion of oh, it doesn't matter. I'm tired of it. It, it bores me. Uh, you know, and and sometimes as comic readers, we need a little uh, self realization. Like they wouldn't be doing events if they didn't sell well enough. You know, like if they didn't if they didn't push the needle up a little bit, no matter how tired we say we are. I guess somewhere along the line. A new comic reader gets excited and comes in because of the event. They see an ad somewhere or whatever. Um, one thing I noticed about this month's tie-ins in Heroes Reborn, uh, with a couple uh, with a couple exceptions, is that uh, they look like they're closer to the characters that we know. 
a lot of the a lot of the tie-ins from last month were these Squadron Supreme characters that I'm very unfamiliar with. But uh, American Knights looks like it's going to have uh, Luke Cage and, and Daredevil in it, and then there's a Night Gwen, so that's clearly Spider Gwen, but it's Night Gwen. Um, Marvel Double Action, so Nighthawk is big in this Heroes Reborn thing. He seems to be everywhere. Should be mentioning the writers on here because some of, in some cases, the writer is going to be someone that makes me look into the book. Uh, in uh, Heroes Reborn American Knights, it's Paul Grist and Christopher Allen, so um, not as popular a group. Beat Ayala and uh, Fareed Karami on Night Gwen. Tim Seeley and Dan Jurgen. See Heroes Reborn, Marvel Double Action. I may probably wouldn't be very interested in a book like this, but I mean, Tim Seeley and Dan Jurgen's on art on a Marvel comic is pretty cool. And then the one that I will buy uh, just for the characters uh, would be this Heroes Reborn Squadron Savage number one. It's a one shot, and uh, it's a, a play on the Savage Avengers, probably, but Elektra leads a team of the world's deadliest heroes and villains with all of reality hanging in the balance. So you got Punisher in here, Cloak, Crossbones, Elektra, and Murder Hornet. So that works for me. Why not? That's what I say. And uh, and then I did say I was going to be grabbing the Heroes Reborns that were uh, X-Men related. And so there is one this month, Heroes Reborn, or at least one, Weapon X and Final Flight. So this is involves uh, Canada's role in all of this. So... In, in two months, Heroes Reborn will be all done. They're going to push hard on it. And I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't expect it to be um, very very big or very important. It, it, there's like an off chance that these have some first appearance that make people excited. And, and on the spec market side, things start popping. But uh, other than that, I don't, I don't really see it moving the needle. I hope it does because it seems like a fresh idea, to be honest. But it's not fresh ideas that actually win out. It's not fresh. It's a it's a monster coming to Earth to take it over. That's what that's what comes as fresh. Um, and then another so uh, something I was surprised at seeing. I, I thought that Marvel would be getting away from Infinity Stone stuff, but they're doing a another sort of another strange, very strange crossover or group of tie-in books called Infinite Destinies. And this this is going to be the... feels like I haven't seen this in a while, but where the annuals are loosely connected. That felt like a, a 90s thing to make all your annuals loosely connected. Although I'm starting to think that maybe that did happen recently. But um, now they're Iron Man and Captain America's annual and Black Cat's annual, who's surprisingly big in, in this Infinite Destiny's little loose crossover. The Amazing Spider-Man annual, the Thor annual with a, a, a classified guest star, Miles Morales, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers. So a lot of the bigger books in the Marvel Universe um, that, you know, that tie, when I say that, that tie into the MCU uh, are, are all, all getting the greatest power in the universe has reinvented itself. The Infinity Stones will be revealed in Infinite Destinies as iconic and new characters uh, clash, setting up the Infinity Score in Black Cat and the destruction or reinvention of the Marvel Universe after that. So that's a pretty standard line to get you to get excited about something that's happening in an event. Um, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to change everything forever. But there are a couple... There are a couple... One very interesting thing that happens in here. Well, one is that... Um, 
will be revealed is that these, it, it sounds like these, the, uh, infinity stones are going to be characters now. So that's pretty interesting. That'll change some stuff if I read that right. Uh, and then it's going to culminate of all places in the infinity score, uh, arc, story arc in Black Cat of all places. So, uh, either you're not serious about the story or or they're being a little bit more creative at marvel as much as they can anyway with these uh with these properties or or with ideas i mean we just went through passed through heroes reborn like that's a that's a risk i mean they're putting with the exception of the fact that jason aaron's on it they're putting a lot of money in something in in featuring a bunch of characters that aren't that popular and now you're you're doing some loose connected storyline in infinite destinies and uh and and then you're going to have it all culminate in the infinity score which is black cat probably stealing this stuff and and that's going to happen in black cat 8 or 9 I, I could be honest i'm interested in it but i could see how most people would like scoff at this um but if big things happen from it big things happen from it right and uh and then this last line here, each annual includes a chapter of serialized story linking the biggest stories of the past few years and leading into the biggest stories of the next five years. So if, if I read this right, maybe I'm getting my commas mixed up. The greatest power in the universe has reinvented himself. The Infinity Stones will be revealed in Infinite Destinies as iconic and new characters uh, clash as iconic and new characters clash, setting up the Infinity Score. So, I thought that the stones were returning new characters, but clearly I just, I, I just needed a comma there. Apparently, um, so like I said, you got. I, I read all the annuals already, so I'm not going to flip through. Um, I'm not going to really talk about them, and, and I may or may not read these, so I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, it does look like they're not loosely connected, like the Hellfire Gala was, which we'll talk about in a moment. But uh, it is part one of eight, part two of eight, so. Starting in Iron Man and then going all the way through um, the Black Cat annual. And those are the ones that are coming out. It appears in in June. And then you're going to have two in July and three in August. So who knows what's going to happen. And the, you know, they're guest starring um, not very used or known characters. Like uh, Amulet, the Prince of Power, Star, Tiger Division... Overtime and Quantum. Ooh, and then the Thor one is guest starring Classified. Classified. Okay. Um, and let's get into the X-Men stuff. So X-Men must be popular because they have a, a ton of books are coming out for X-Men. I mean, it feels like... What are we getting? Let's We'll count them in a second. Um, and then it's, a, it's another event, except it's really a story about an event. The Hellfire Gala where they're going to pick the the new X-Men that uh, will defend Krakoa. So if you haven't been reading X-Men, and I won't give spoilers, but you know this will be at least a discussion that you can listen to, and you could feel like you're somewhat caught up with what's happening in the world of X, of Hickman X-Men. Um, but the, there's been a book called X-Men, but there hasn't really been an X-Men team. I mean, loosely, Cyclops was the, the field leader, but X-Men really just became about... Uh, some of the storylines that Hickman was was letting run through, you know, the title he was writing, that he 
touched on or began to develop in House of X and Powers of Ten. And, and so there really hasn't been a team. Like, just characters would show up when you needed them to. And and and, and that's a lot of the books. Um, but X-Force sort of has a team, and as does X-Factor and a few other ones. Uh, but they're actually going to pick an X-Men team now. And, uh, and, and this gala, the Hellfire Gala, obviously putting, being put on by Emma Frost is, is where it's gonna happen. But each of these books have their own things going on. So even though it's this huge gala that apparently humans are invited to too, according to the ad at the front of this book, um, but then in the individual stories, they have their own relationships and things going on. So they're just gonna be at this party. Um, probably the big thing though is, uh, Planet Size X-Men number one. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of variant covers for it. It's the first planet-sized, and there's a there's even a connecting cover. So they're doing a whole bunch of a whole bunch of variants for it. Um, you know, any excuse for that? 48 pages, so it probably means about a 32-page story, and it's 4.99. So I, that that that's fine. That follows suit. Doesn't feel like a ripoff. Um, but bigger things are afoot a world away. Make no mistake, this is an X-Men book drawn by superstar artist Pepe Larraz. It's the most important issue of the month. So it's hard for me to even think what might be happening on that, especially if it's on a different planet. Um, for some reason, they're doing it while the Hellfire Gala is going. Um, other than that book, though, there is a very uh, a, a very specific thing going on. There's... Um, a lot of uh, fashion. There's like a little fashion turn on this. So I don't know. Oh yeah, this is Sword and Marauders. So there are, looks like there's a connecting variant covers by Dodderman that's almost like just the fashion that people are going to this gala for. Um, so Marauders, that's got to be one of the more important ones, uh, more important issues for following the Hellfire Gala uh, because it's clearly Emma Frost or the Hellfire Company doing it. Uh, you get a whole bunch of variants here, and um, all your favorite mutants, their closest allies, their worst, their worst enemies for a night of dinner, drinks, diplomacy, and deceit. So, I mean, if Emma's there and it's the Hellfire Club or the Hellfire Corporation doing it, then yeah, there's going to be some uh, some random things going on. And then from the archives, a classic X-Men tale where their very first look at a Hellfire Gala by Chris Claremont. So they're pulling something, well, I mean, all of X-Men essentially is pulling from Chris Claremont. And I've, I've been, I've been critical of Chris Claremont, but certainly his ideas, um, and, and his style of writing X-Men are what turned X-Men into what it is today. I mean, and that includes just creating a bunch of characters and churning out a bunch of books and churning out a bunch of stories and it getting very confusing. So, I mean, people just doubled down on that over the years, but, Hey, it's X-Men, that's what they did, um, and it's, it's more or less its own universe at this point. Uh, X-Force number 20, Benjamin Percy, Joshua Kassara have been doing great. Uh, I love seeing um, one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book in the X-Men, uh, Hickman-verse, um, with uh, all these characters in their suits and whatnot. Of course, uh, Domino needs to have a, a low cut, uh, so you can see her boobs. The crack of her boobs, because that's the way comics work, apparently. Uh, you, we'll get Hellions number 12. So the Hellions look like they're... In this cover, they look like they're creating hell. So that's uh, Steven Segovia Color, who's also doing the interiors. I see Wild Child swinging from a, a, uh, a chandelier with a, a 
chicken wing or a chicken leg in his hand, and everyone's fighting. And of course, Mister Sinister thinks it's hilarious. Uh, Excalibur twenty one. This fits. This is this is almost. This is what I said, right? That it's going to be. They're all at the Hellfire Gala, but the individual things that are happening to these characters and their relationships in the book are going to show. And that, that's definitely the case here because Richter is walking off angry. He's he's not a party animal, you know. Although um, some of this some of the stuff in here is pretty weird. It it appears that there might be some action and violence happening at the Hellfire Gala at some point. I did somewhat expect there to be just because it's Emma Frost and it's a you know this is a the head of X is Hickman that it was just going to be like a sort of a lying and deceit maybe a very wordy event, but um, clearly not from these covers. Then X-Men 21, who knows how this is going to work. I see Apocalypse on the cover. There's no one fighting here necessarily. Uh, it's a changing it's a changing of the guard as the, X, the first X-Men team of Krakoa debuts. One era ends and a new one begins. The handoff happens here. So that's a big X-Men uh, issue. So... Um, but all the big X-Men are on the cover, which that's interesting. You know, it's almost, it almost looks like a giant sized X-Men. You have Gene, you have Magneto, who, you know, iffy if you want to call him an X-Man, although he's been an X-Man a lot. Uh, Professor X, Storm, Cyclops, Cable, uh, that looks like Emma, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Mystique. Mystique being on there is honest, is interesting. And then, uh, and then also Apocalypse. So there looks like there's going to be a few cool, covers here. So that looks like the Leno Francis U covers what I just described. There's a Jean character, Jean Grey character design variant by Russell Dodderman. So hopefully that's the fashion stuff, which I, I think that's pretty cool. Like it's uh, a connecting variant cover by Russell Dodderman. So I'm hoping that's what we're getting there um, is the, uh, the, the uniforms or fashion sort of focus on, on a lot of these characters. Um, the Pride Month variant by Phil Jimenez. That's pretty cool. Uh, Phil Jimenez being a, a, a gay artist in the uh, Marvel stable. Uh, character des- another character design variant by Lucas Vernick. I'm not sure who Lucas Vernick is. Virgin Pride Month. And Spider-Man Villains variant. A Spider-Man Villains variant. We really needed one on, on this. Okay. Um, so by this time, X-Corp number two will have been out. I've, I'm not really sure what to think about X-Corp. It seems like people are, are in the X-Men world are talking about w- the way of X a lot more. Uh, than, than X Corp, but, uh, Teeny Howard is writing it, and Teeny Howard is, seems to have gotten an in with, uh, with, uh, Jonathan Hickman, so she's, she's writing a lot and has a lot of influence on the, uh, at least the middle part of what's going on in the X-Men. Um, and I've not heard of Alberto Foch, but I think these covers by, uh, David Aja, or Aha, I'm not sure how to say it, are pretty cool, who did the, like, I think he's most famous for the, those Hawkeye covers, right? So, um, a Monet character design, a connecting variant cover. So I don't even know if I want to read this uh, solicit here, just because I'm I'm not 100% sure what's happening in X Corp. After X Corp's shocking debut, they've got fences to mend and hands to shake, and most importantly, a board to staff. So just in case the debut is really shocking, maybe I shouldn't read that that solicit there. But uh, X Corp is a pretty good idea. It feels a little bit like what I thought they were supposed to be doing with the the Hellfire Company. Uh, being sort of the, the corporate arm of Krakoa, but now we have an X-Corp too. Uh, and it's good because Warren Worthington needed, uh, needed, uh, a bigger role to play in this, this X-Men world. 
uh, New Mutants number 19. So Vidala also writing that. And uh, the New Mutants, I mean, one of the best things that's happening with so with New Mutants is they are trying to, the, the spirit of Bill Shinkavich is alive and well in the New Mutants comic as far as uh, covers go. So the covers have been very interesting. And this one's by Martin Simmons, who who's definitely influenced by Bill Shinkavich. I just, like, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I just did a, a very in-depth um, look at Department of Truth and Martin Simmons. I, I definitely said Martin Simmons, who's the artist on that, is uh, influenced by, by, by Shinkavich. Um, so we got a, 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 a bunch of variants for that, too. Uh, a beautiful cover. A little bit afraid to, uh, to look to see what's happening, but I just read it. And someone is so there's a little bit of a mystery going on there. So uh, New Mutants looks good too. Um, they all look somewhat the same, to be honest, uh, except for the the X Men, the big X Men book. They all look like they all look like we're just putting all of the characters that you've got to know in these individual books, written by these individual writers, and, and generally drawn. But there hasn't been a ton of of switching, um, you know, going into like the twentieth, nineteenth issue of a lot of these books. Uh, but we're just going to put them all in the Hellfire Gala, all around. We're going to connect these books in a way that isn't just uh, there's a giant crisis or something. So I like that. So that's three areas where Marvel, where you could see people being uh, fatigued by an event, but where Marvel's actually doing something uh, somewhat more uh, uh, creative than just saying like, a bad monster has taken over the city. And, and not that they're not going to do that again, but it just it feels like this summer they're spinning it around just a little bit. I mean, Infinity Stones, that's not doing that much, right? But it doesn't feel like the Infinity Stones. It doesn't feel like Thanos is after the Infinity Stones or something like that. So at this point, there's no big monster. Um, Sword, I'm, uh, I'm very... I'm definitely looking forward to because... Well, we got at the beginning when Sword came out. The first, you know, the first issue was a lot of uh, a lot of talking, to be honest, just explaining what's going on. The second issue was decent. I don't think it was a King in Black issue. And then we got deep into King in Black. That was the X Men book that uh, that um, actually had something to do with the the huge King in Black crossover that was happening. Um, now we're going to get back to like what was whatever Al Ewing has planned. Like he basically introduced us to the concept. Uh, we went right into King and Black, so we were worried about that. You know, dealing with symbiotes and stuff like that because they were outside of the planet after it got covered in in symbiote glue goo, I would call it. Uh, and now uh, and now we're going to get on to whatever Al Ewing and uh, Jonathan Hickman had planned. Uh, Valerio Shitty is the Shitty is the artist, and uh, if if that's been the artist, it looks it was pretty good art. Um, I think it's pretty standard, like uh, that Marvel house feel. What the house feel feels like uh, of the last like five years or so. Um, I get that feeling when I read Marvel books in the '90s. I, I feel like a, a good chunk of them have the same feel, uh, even though it's different artists doing it. Uh, Wolverine uh, looks like we're going to get a, a nice little. Deadpool uh, appearance in there. Benjamin Persing's still writing it, doing great on Wolverine, but uh, this is looks like it's a new artist, um, Scott Eaton. So, um, you know, Wolverine and X-Force, can they keep the peace or is the gala doomed? So just a, an action story. Now, this is funny. Way of X is getting into it 
uh, in a in in a lot very similar to the way that sword uh, had to like reposition itself because there's a big event happening. It's a it's a newer book, and X Corp probably is the same. It's a newer book that me that hasn't found itself yet. No one knows what it's about, and then has to take part in this wider. Uh, wider event that other people are probably writing and, and show running. But uh, I'm happy to read it, and I'm excited for Nightcrawler to get a, somewhat of a starring role. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. Um, it looks to me like it will. But uh, si- I mean, and, and Simon Spurrier's on it, so I'd be reading this regardless. Big, I'm a big Simon Sp- uh, Spurrier fan, even though I'm not a Simon Spurrier encyclopedia. I just, lately, last couple of years, I've just enjoyed what I've read from him. Uh, and then a, what do we got? What do we got? Three more? There's see what I mean. There's a lot of X books. So uh, Planet Size X Men. That's one. Marauders two. X Force three. Hellions four. Excalibur five. X Men six. X Corp seven. New Mutants eight. Sword nine. Wolverine ten. Way of X eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Explicitly, explicitly, not even X Men books. These are just the Hickman books because there are a couple other X Men books coming out. So, um, next up is X Factor. Uh, I've really enjoyed this book, uh, probably in my top three or four. I, I know other people are lukewarm on them. Uh, Leo Williams, I thought, has done a very good job. Like most X Men books, just a bunch of minor characters that I don't really know that much about because I haven't been reading X Men like I, I'm reading them now. Um, and then on the other side, where you, they're highlighting minor characters in X Factor, Children of the Atom is a bunch of new characters, and I don't know how they're going to mix into the Hellfire Gala with what happened uh, at the end of their issue number one. So, I mean, I've read only issue number one. They're soliciting issue number four. Issue number two literally comes out the Wednesday of me recording this. So, uh, I will I will know more about Children of the Atom. I can tell you this: that I, unless something changes. That Children Out of the Atom idea sort of annoyed me. I'm sort of tired of young versions of superheroes or, or that trope. Um, but it looked like something different was going on there. And these superheroes look like explicit copies for some reason. Uh, and uh, I'd like to know what the, the thought process is behind that. And then last but not least is Cable. Uh, Cable number 12, written by Jerry Duggan. Uh, art by Phil Noto. And I think we're I think Cable is going bye-bye after this. I think it's done. And we may even be done with Young Cable. I don't think that that storyline or plotline was developed very well if Young Cable's gone. I was just getting used to him, in fact. And um, and so I have high hopes. I do want Old Cable back, too. I don't necessarily want Young Cable there. But um, the what happened, which a lot of people don't know because a lot of people got into X-Men uh, for after Hoxpox, um, uh, Young Cable killed Old Cable... And basically took his place, and everyone knew it, and they were fine with it. It's a little bit weird. It was an extermination. So it's a really strange sort of thing going on there. Uh, and then uh, next up, something I'll, I'll definitely be reading and checking out. I do like to grab these Marvel Voices books. Uh, there's been one about Native Americans. There's been, I think, two about uh, African Americans. And then this one is Marvel Voices Pride, number one. So it's going to focus on a lot of the uh, LGBTQ plus characters and the creators and then it says with a rainbow rainbow powered special. So apparently it's a box of cereal also. 
But um, 999, that is, uh, that's pretty steep, but it is a thick book. So it says 88 pages. I assume there's ads in it. So it's going to be a little bit less, probably in the 74 range, I'd say. But it, they've uh, spent a lot of time developing a lot of these characters. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see what they're... Uh, what they're doing. I think like Wiccan and Hulk just got married, right? From the, in the Empire series. That's probably on Marvel Unlimited. I should probably read that now. Um, so Marvel Pride. And then there's a whole bunch of um, covers. And this is one I'll buy. I would like to have uh, Marvel Voices. I may just pick my favorite cover that I see. Um, the Pride Month variant. Well, no shit. I mean, I get that there's a Pride Month variant in all the other books, but this one is. Every cover is a Pride Month cover, isn't it? Right? Right? Um... Okay, let's jump out of the Marvel Universe for a little bit and uh, into the new properties that Marvel is going hard on, or I hope they go hard on. Um, uh, that's a, that was a weird that was phrasing. Uh, so we got Alien, and by the time we get to June, we'll be on, on Alien 4. Philip Kennedy Johnson, hopefully I'll know where he's going with this story. I, I did like number one. Uh, it did feel like a lot of setup. So I think when you read a number one, you either are understanding of there being set up or you're annoyed that there was too much setup and, and they didn't figure out the action piece. Um, and there was action and stuff, but I like sort of what he was setting up. Um, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to do an ongoing where you just need to have the aliens and xenomorphs in it every time doing something, right? And and, and then have endings and whatnot. Uh, but I like where it's going. And I, of course, it, there's xenomorphs, there's aliens, H.R. Geiger. I'm always there for that. Um, and Kem- and uh, Salvador La Roca, uh, I think I was calling Cam and Coley last time. Oh, well, that's confusing. That's uh, unfortunate. La Roca is Cam and Coley are similar to me. Um, but uh, did a good enough job, so... Uh, now I'm all worried. Now I'm going to like go and like delete that review from YouTube because I'm an idiot. Uh, what I am excited for though is Predator number one. So we'll have started the Predator run here with, I think, what in my opinion is a great writer for this, Ed Brisson. And Kev Walker, who, who I'm not too familiar with, but here in the solicit says he's done Doctor Strange and Doctor Afra. Love Doctor Afra. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, I haven't read all of Dr. Afra, so uh, that looked a little bit cartoony to me. And I don't want cartoony. I want this cover. Leno Francis Yu did an awesome cover, and I hope Predator looks like that. Uh, I don't want that Marvel house style. That's why I'm so iffy about Alien, right? I'm like a little bit iffy about it. Um, you know, I, I would love to see like Ron Garney doing Predator. That would be good. And I, I'm even thinking of just because when he came in and did Conan, uh, maybe he did Savage Sword, or maybe or he did that first arc with Jason Aaron of Conan. It was so cool, you know. Um, but I need uh, I need these characters, these, these characters that are very design-focused. This is why Stegman works on, on Venom. Half their coolness is their design, and so they need to be drawn cool, and their ships need to... Be, you know what I mean? So this is not the time to bring in your, your Dr. Afra and Squirrel Girl artists. And um, Marvel does that, and it's disappointing. Like, if DC would have gotten the Predator license, uh, or, or the Alien license, I mean, I, I for sure it would have looked cool. So I'm a little worried about that. That uh, I'll have to go look at how Kev Walker was drawing in Dr. Afra and whatnot. Uh, but, and then, of course, you got a whole, 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 whole bunch of... Variant covers, even one 
by Peach Momoko, who's the hottest thing out here right now. And we'll talk about X-Men soon. I, we didn't even finish talking about X stuff, right? So, um, and David Finch. So that was big. I'm going to compare David Finch and, and Momoko in a, in a bit. But, uh, yeah, so excited, excited for Predator. And you know eventually you're going to get an alien versus Predator. The real question is, is if these are a shared world or not. And, you know, it was always a little bit tough in Dark Horse, right? And then, um, when a new movie would come out, they would, they would do that, you know, they'd do the thing where they sort of reset the, the continuity a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I, I really want to get caught up with those Dark Horse ones that take place after Prometheus. So, anyway, uh, I'm just, I'm gonna pay attention. I'll be along for the ride. I love Alien and Predator. Uh, there was just so many Dark Horse comics in them, it was hard to find them. So I just grab them when I would get a dollar, you know, when they were in the dollar bins are cheap and I would read through them and, and, and just try to like compartmentalize what was happening in the arcs and stuff like that. Uh, next up is Gamma Flight. So Al Ewing is, is doubling down on his, his Immortal Hulk run that's probably going to be remembered as his, his greatest work when it's all said and done. Uh, this looks cool to me. It has a bunch of like interesting characters in my head. Um, Doc Sasquatch, Absorbing Man, Titania, um, Puck is in there, a, a horribly changed Rick Jones. So these are characters I know of that have come in and out of Immortal Hulk. And uh, I'm not sure if I should be reading this if I'm so far back on Immortal Hulk. I'm embarrassed by that, in fact. Embarrassed by that. Uh, and uh, then we have Christopher Cantwell, Josh Trujillo, along with uh, artists I'm, uh, I'm not too familiar with, Dale Eaglesham and uh, uh, Jan... Um, Buzzledua, uh, doing the United States of Captain America, a five issue miniseries. And this concept's pretty cool. Uh, the shield is stolen and, and Falcon and Captain America go on a road trip. Falcon can fly. I'm not sure why he would do that, but they go on a road trip and then they, they meet, uh, individual communities where someone has taken the mantle of Captain America and, uh, they all have their own story. And that is, you know, starting with Aaron Fisher, the Captain America of the Railways, uh, brought to life by Josh Trujillo and, and Jan, uh, Baseldua. So that's a interesting concept. It's one of those where, okay, I probably won't pick it up. I probably won't read it. Um, but if it like really hits and people get excited by it, or it's this great work by Christopher Cantwell, then obviously I jump in on it. But it, it's an interesting idea. It doesn't, doesn't particularly grab me. So you'd think that they'd, even though it's not Hellfire Gala, they would have put Demon Days Mariko, uh, or Mariko on, uh, you know, with the X-Men stuff. It's, it's clearly X-Men, but it is separate, I guess. Uh, Peach Momoko is writing and doing the art here. I enjoyed the first, uh, the first Demon Days. Uh, it, you know, it had, a, it was very, very basic Japanese lore using a bunch of X-Men characters and Venom. In it, and uh, you know, and, and just for whatever reason, I mean, she's known for her cover work, uh, and they just brought it, and they just brought in great covers um, for her book, which is interesting because there's a bunch of variant covers that other people did that were really good uh, on the first go through of this. And um, you know, one of my favorite cover artists is David Mack. Uh, I find David Mack and Peach Momoko to be very similar. Um, you know, David Mack's a little bit more realistic. Peach Momoko is a little bit more of the, the Eastern Japanese, uh, manga influence, but really more in how they use color. I think how they use colors very softly and how they're willing to, um, fade the colors around for, you know, certain reasons. 
and uh, for certain design reasons, I shouldn't just say certain reasons, you know. And then and then Peach probably does backgrounds a little bit uh, better, and and David Mack is very very much known for having like a very splashy looking background style. So um, I really like the uh, David Mack cover, and I like the Peach Moko cover too. Um, and then Jen Bartel is a night nice, like these are the covers that are just here. You get a whole bunch of other great artists doing covers, but Jen Bartel doing a cover. It's funny because it doesn't feel like it matches very well, but Jen Bartel covers are great, and this cover is no different. But uh, next to David Mack and, and Peach Momoko, you sort of see what I mean, that Peach and Mack are, are a little bit similar. Um, uh, Guruhiru, uh, Mahmoud Asrar. So, I mean, it's just a good list here. J. Scott Campbell. Uh, uh, da, 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 two Jen Bar- Oh, the Virgin Variant for Jen Bartel. Um uh, Jeffrey Varaghi, who's been doing a lot of covers, a very minimalist style, Amanda Connor, and then a, a to-be-announced cover. So, and writing-wise, the book was cool. Mariko, Mariko seems to be a fit for what Peach Momoko would be doing, so um, I'm pro that. I feel like Shang-Chi's been out for a long time, but apparently I just talked about number one last month. Uh, there's a there's a Peach Momoko Shang-Chi cover, which actually looks cool. This might... This has a chance to be my favorite Peach cover, and I, I don't necessarily love her or hate her, but that is a very beautiful cover that uh, I will definitely probably need to make sure that I I pre-order. Uh, Jean Luen Yang, and uh, it looks like DK Ruan, cover by Lino Francis Yu. There's a Peach cover, a Cho cover, and a Spider-Man variant. Uh, Variant cover, villains variant cover. Uh, this is Captain America versus Shang Chi. So you never know which Captain America you get. You're gonna get like is when he's like guest starring. Like is this a real Captain America? Does he feel like the original Captain America, or is he dealing with all the Secret Wars stuff like he is in Tanisi Coates' book? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that there's gonna be a misunderstanding and they're gonna fight, and then they're gonna team up at the end because uh, they're both. Heroes, guys. They're both heroes. Uh, we will be right in the. We will be in the second issue of Fantastic Four Life Story, and this is definitely one I'll be buying as it comes out. Uh, Mark Russell writing it is is just amazing. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a great fit, so that makes me even more excited for this book. Sean uh, is uh, is uh, doing the the artwork. So, um, Sue continues to fight for social causes. That is, uh, that sounds like Mark Russell. So I can't wait for that to come out. And, uh, Dan Slott, I mean, 33 issues into the new Fantastic Four. Wow. Has it, has it been going on that long? It feels so recent. I mean, I guess there's been a pandemic and stuff too. It feels so recent that he took over and and restarted Fantastic Four within the first five issues. We had a wedding and now we're few issues down the line and Doom's having a wedding. You know, and this is coming from a guy that doesn't read the book, right? So I just can look at the um, the cover art and I see the Fantastic Four all with Doom. So what what's happening here, guys? And who's his, who's his actual bride? I, I'll admit the solicit's working in that sense. I'm like, I'm very curious. I find someone that is reading Fantastic Four and uh, and give them an ask. And now we're in like, unfortunately, we're in like the the what back matter is oh how sad i said we're in the back matter and amazing spider-man still coming up so i don't have much to say about reptil terry blass writing it enid balam is uh on the art so uh, if that's your bag that's your bag 
Um, but it's uh, nothing that grabs me. Now, this other book, The Marvels, grabs me. Kurt Busiek writing and uh, Yildir Ray Sinar. Uh, Alex Ross covers. It seems like anything that's named Marvels or something like that has Alex Ross on it. Um, you know, this looks like, uh, you know, putting Grimm, Ben Grimm and Reed Richards into Vietnam somewhat. So that sort of changes their, their history, right? I'm not sure what, when they were supposed to be around. I know originally it was World War II, but that could always, that could always be something interesting. I see the Winter Soldier there on the side of the cover. So maybe we get a good, uh, a cool superhero type war story, which, uh, which was what the Marvels is about, right? Like it's uh, not war stories, but just that different look. At the, on the Marvel Universe. I feel very sad that Beta Ray Bill number four or five is getting the um, 48, 48th page treatment. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is is one of the best. Did I? I just realized I didn't see a Thor book in here at all. Uh-oh. Did Thor take a break? Thor took a break, guys. Can you believe that? I don't see why they would do that. Because Captain America is there. Anyway, well, we'll get through these. Um, number one was great. I could see where Daniel Warren Johnson's going with Beta Ray Bill. Will it, this will be the penultimate issue by June. And I think, me thinks that Daniel Warren Johnson will get a whole bunch more fans um, for doing this. Beta Ray Bill's off, obviously somewhat connected to, to the Thor run happening uh, with Donny Cates. So that hopefully will get eyes on him. Um, almost everyone loved Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. But, uh, you know, it didn't hit, I get, it didn't hit as well. I mean, it wasn't in continuity, so that's a big thing, unfortunately. It was where it was supposed to be. It should be a black label book. It should have been in that bigger size uh, with that great art. But uh, it, it, it won't necessarily, even though everyone likes it, if it's not in continuity, it's hard for things. I know writers and artists hate that, but it is what it is. Beta Ray Bill is, so we get into it, getting into that will be uh, pretty exciting. Uh, for for Daniel Warren Johnson, hopefully it really hits. Um, Eternals number five is coming out. I'll be honest, I'm, I buy everything that Kieran Gillen does, but f- for a lot of people, and I get it, this book is just not. People aren't feeling this book at all. Uh, you know, it's a hard book to write because the Eternals aren't characters that a lot of people really really know, and the book is very slow. It's very cerebral. Um, there's a, a murder going on and Asad Ribich is, you know, has great art, but it, it, it doesn't feel as in your face. It, it makes everything feel a little bit more in the background here. And Kieran Gillen's writing things that feel backgroundish, that don't feel like they have a big splash. Not, not that there's not like big fight scenes. I mean, in issue number two, there's a big fight scene with Thanos after an issue number one that was very, uh, you know, didn't, I liked the issue, but it didn't do a lot for a lot of people. It felt like, uh, very wordy. Um, but I enjoy Kieran Gillen. I believe I, I've already read enough Kieran Gillen that I know he has somewhere to go. Um, and he's, uh, one of the writers I, I, I follow. And, um, you know, even if Eternals isn't going to go on my favorite Kieran Gillen of all time, it's sort of like when I read Kieran Gillen, it's sort of, I can sort of put it in, in his, his wider spectrum because I'm, I'm a, a fan and a reader of them. Um, next up is the amazing Spider-Man. This is the first time in a long time I, I have some general interest in, in, uh, Nick Spencer's amazing Spider-Man. So 67 and 68 are coming out. And by this time we'll be in, in what's called the chameleon cons- conspiracy. And if you look at, 
Um, you'll also get well, 67, 68, and 69 are coming out. So you're going to get three issues and a giant size Amazing Spider-Man chameleon conspiracy. Number one. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that it's the chameleon that he's, uh, you know, has a, a, a big part. You know, the Spider-Man rogues gallery is probably second to only Batman. But like Batman and Spider-Man, just so much crazy stuff goes on in these worlds now that... You know, they've, they've like upped this bar for, you know, death metal and King in Black and War of the Realms and whatnot. The, the regular rogues gallery in Batman 2 and Spider-Man and across the board, it feels, it feels like lesser. You know, it feels like you're not really doing anything when the, you know, the chameleon conspiracy happens or, or right now Batman is in an arc with the scarecrow, right? So, um, it almost devalues some of these characters because on the conspiracy, the chameleon conspiracy cover, you know, I see Doc Ock, I see you know Jack O' Lantern, I see Hobgoblin, I see Shocker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, Green Goblin, a, a, a big piece of his rogues gallery, and uh, clearly, it's chameleon can turn into these people because he's the chameleon. But what story, like what story, feels big if it just involves one of these characters? Even Doctor Doom nowadays, right? But I can, uh, you know, I can like divide that out. Like I'm reading a comic. Let's get, some, let's see what exciting, fun stuff could happen with the chameleon nowadays. And uh, there'll be four issues to find that out in in June. I may even read this giant size, uh, Amazing Spider-Man King's Ransom. So the revelation in that was huge. But you don't understand half of what it actually means. Okay, well, good. Good. Maybe I'll read a little chameleon conspiracy. I don't even. I don't know the last time I read a comic with a chameleon in it, to be honest. So, let's do it. And in the Spider-Man world, of course, um, we have Miles Morales. It looks like some Clone War stuff's going on there. I, I, as popular as Miles Morales is, he's a little bit like the rest of the MCU, right? As popular as like Iron Man is right now, everyone knows who Iron Man is or whatever. But their books don't seem to be like selling or be important. And it's the same with Miles Morales, um, Spider-Man. Like, I know a couple of people that are buying it. I have no idea who's like, this has just been so good or, or pushing it. You know, it's it's just off to the side a little bit. Uh, we will be in the penultimate. We'll get to the penultimate issue of Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. This is not something I've read. I think it comes out this week also. So I haven't even read issue number one. Um, Chip Zdarsky is doing what's basically a what if book that I feel like it's been done, but what if Spider-Man kept the, uh, the symbiote and, and how that would have changed him. Uh, some people are calling it, what if he, he became Venom? That doesn't make too much sense to me. I mean, he would be a different Venom, right? He'd be a different symbiote took him over kind of thing, but it, it, Zdarsky has an idea. Phil Noto's doing covers and, uh, and, and generally, Zdarsky's ideas have been pretty good. I mean, he did the original Spider-Man life story. I think they should have just kept him on the life stories, but what do I know? And then uh, Black Cat, number seven. So we're not going to get that Black Cat. So this Black Cat, it, as far as what I know is happening, is she's been stealing stuff from like big characters like Iron Man and stuff like that. I read it in the free comic day book, so I haven't been reading Black Cat. But in the free comic day book, she's talking to Spider-Man and she's like, Tony Stark called me and said you stole from, you know what I mean? So I guess that's the shtick to this book. And um, and it sounds pretty cool. I just haven't been reading it. But we do know that a, a somewhat large, uh, a somewhat big deal um, 
ending or conclusion to uh, this Infinity Destinies that we talked about earlier uh, will end in Black Cat 8 and 9, the Infinity Score Part 1 and 2. So this is Black Cat 7. It's going right into it, and I don't think it's going to involve that Infinity Score at all, but it'll be continue the Black Cat antics if they're, you know, if they're good. or I'm not sure if they're good or not. So uh, Silk, they're only doing a, a five-issue series of this. I did hear, I did feel like there was some buzz, some excitement about it. Um, they, it looks like they have... Um, uh, artists of Asian descent uh, on this, so uh, Takeshi uh, Miyazawa. Uh, and by the way, the artwork in a lot of those Asian superhero books that that came out uh, a year ago or so, or a couple years ago, um, Agents of Atlas, and uh, not so much Silk, but uh, uh, Arrow and stuff, they were really actually good. The art in there was beautiful. Swordmaster was amazing. I, I kept those. I didn't get rid of my Swordmaster books. I just need to catch up to them, catch up with them. But um, uh, so there's some good artists out there with, you know, in our format with color and a little bit bigger, um, pages than, you know, a normal manga. So, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll probably go pick up Silk actually. Number one just came out and I didn't read it. So I'm, I'm probably will. Nonstop Spider-Man though, I, I was not into number one enough that I probably won't get to number two and, and they'll be on number four by now. Uh, David Finch cover, which is pretty cool. I like it that Baron Zemo is the villain. Um, but it, it didn't excite me. You know what did excite me? Avengers Mech Strike. I think I've been calling it like Mech Battle or something, but that's fun. In fact, it's so fun. I pre-order these online, and so I didn't buy issue number three. It just came out. I didn't buy it, right? But because I pre-ordered it, and I and I, I recognize that Mech Strike is sort of silly. Like I, I understand that it's silly, and um. And I, I'm sort of disappointing it. I, I do want to be reading it. Like it was fun enough that and silly enough. It just feels like these should just. This comic was made because these will be toys eventually. And this cover has a mech version of Thanos, which is just fucking hilarious. It's just funny. It's just awesome. Like just have fun, guys. That's the rule here. Just have fun. And uh, Mech Strike is stupid, but it's fun. Um, Christopher Cantwell. I found my first person in the community that I talk to on YouTube or on Twitter or whatnot that's actually reading Iron Man. I can't remember who it is, so now it's like it's now it's now like the person doesn't exist. The Alex Ross cover, though, is beautiful. Uh, uh, not typical Alex Ross, so, you know, it definitely looks like Alex, Alex Ross, but the, you know, the cover's showing a whole bunch of, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not, doesn't look like a general Alex Ross cover, which is people looking uh, lifeless and, and uh, elegant or something. Um, but hey, Iron Man 9. I hope uh, I hope it does well. Um, Captain America will be on number thirty. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, the final issue of his landmark run. To be honest, I don't think anyone gave a shit about this. Um, it's definitely not his Captain America run. I hope he. Uh, I hope they. F- I hope he finds something else pretty cool in the Marvel universe. But this was one I actually dr- I, I dropped like at issue eight, which I've mentioned before, and. Um, I'm just so disappointed I chose Captain America Alex Ross covers or over Immortal Hulk covers and I'm kaput. Captain Marvel, that's someone else you just hear a lot about like in the non-comic world, like people that w- listen and watch MCU and stuff and uh didn't uh didn't doesn't look like it moves the needle here, but I this cover by uh, Marco Cicchetto is wonderful. That's a beautiful cover. Um but hey, if Doctor Strange isn't it might be cool. And Black Widow will be on number eight. I think they changed that to a ongoing. So that's pretty cool for Kelly Thompson. 
And then we're and then we're winding this down. It looks like oh, see, we're not in their store. I was all worried about Thor. We're nearly winding it down. Those Marvel Tale books, I I almost bought the Squadron Supreme one because I told you I was like sort of somewhat interested in 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 Heroes Reborn now. Um, but it's just a bunch of reprints, and they're charging eight bucks for it. The trials, I mean, they should be true believers books to be honest and they just figured out a way they put a new cover on it figured out a way to charge you eight bucks for it it's nuts nuts the countdown to the end hulk number 47 joe bennett on the art uh alex ross i mean that's gonna be a monumental run i'm people are excited about it that are reading it and um uh, i'm excited to get to it eventually i tell you guys that every month i've not even read beyond volume one or two so now, earlier when I told you, oh, it's a Cy Spurrier book, I would read that anyway. That was The Way of X, right? So a book I probably wouldn't read is The Black Knight. But Cy Spurrier is writing it, so it might be something... I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I need five issues of The Black Knight in my collection. But um, it, it, it might be a Marvel Unlimited thing for sure. But we'll see. We'll see. And uh, Iron Fist will be... I mean, Larry Hammer writing it will be on its sixth issue. Not sure who's... Um, uh, reading Iron Fist. Uh, it looks like what's her name from uh, Wakanda is there. And in the, I mean, they're just stuffing some of this in the back. I can't believe Thor's way back here. Guardians of the Galaxy is way back here. I don't have anything to say about that except they say it's versus Sword. So that's pretty interesting. Oh, I may have to buy Guardians of the Galaxy 15, including their Quiet Council liaison. They get face-to-face with the sword crew, including their choir council liaison, Magneto. So Magneto's going to be tearing stuff up. It's the human rocket versus the master of mag- magnetism. That's funny. Um, I may even buy that Guardians of the Galaxy. I, was gonna just sk- I wasn't even going to say anything about it. I was just going to turn the page and not say anything. And I was like, oh, sword. That's interesting. That's very interesting there. Um... And uh, we'll get two Thor oh, on sale in April now. Thor number 14 and then number 15 in, in June. So Prey ends. The, I've really, really liked the, the Donald Blake storyline. Um, Donny Cates jumped in with, I can't believe we're at Thor 14 already either, with a, a huge story with Galactus and a Black Winter and, and uh, the universe that happened before and whatnot. And, uh, and then we got a very personal story, like really connected to his history with, uh, with Donald Blake. Uh, going crazy. The This ends here. Uh, it's coming out in April, which is pretty exciting. I don't know why it's in this book, but uh, I will be reading that for sure. And then Thor 15, I guess I can read this solicit and feel okay about it because it'll be starting a new story. Um, and new hell is afoot with the inhabitants back in Asgard and Odin's presence returned after being away so long, an heir of tension now sits upon the throne. Father and son. Ooh, an Odin versus Thor thing happening. All father and all father. Odin and Thor. Is this relationship forever doomed? And what does it mean for the Ten Realms? Join the new artist. Oh. For the start of this new arc. The new artist, uh, Alessandro Vitti. But it clearly says Nick Klein is on the art. So, hmm, 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 hmm. That's scary. I really like Nick Klein's work. Um, I don't know that his best work was in Thor, but I really liked uh, Nick Klein's work, and uh, sorry to see that. Scotty Young doing Strange Academy, so uh, I'm sure people s- still like this. 
Uh, it felt like some of the, as, as happens when you get to issue number 11 of every, any comic in this environment, um, you know, people aren't talking about it as much. A certain number of people dropped it. So, um, but, uh, some people do like it. This sort of falls into the me being tired of the young superhero thing. Um, feel, but I feel like I have to read Children of the Atom. So it's easier to skip Strange Academy for sure. Um, Daredevil's doing its thing. That's a great cover by Chichetto. Uh, looks like, uh, Angel Wings on, on Daredevil there. And, uh, somehow we're getting two issues. Somehow are you getting two issues? Well, they're doing the thing where it's available in April. Okay. So Savage Avengers number 20 and Savage Avengers number 21. This was a thing I, I've always wanted to read and I never got around to it. Um, but it looks cool. It looks like, really what it looks like is Conan team up, to be, to be honest. And a Ghostwriter's on the cover of this issue number 21. So hey, maybe, maybe it'll, maybe it'll get my dinero. And we should almost do, uh, there's a Conan book coming out. Jim Zub is doing good. Uh, I haven't read number 20 that just came out, um, but I will. And then there could almost be a Star Wars. I'm going to go through the Star Wars stuff really quick because it could almost be a Star Wars individual comic show. Um, you got High Republic. So the High Republic is the only book that is not getting mixed up in, in what they're doing. A big event, the War of the Bounty Hunters. It's basically a bunch of bounty hunters fighting over what I think is Han Solo um, in the... Uh, Carbonite. So um, you got the War of the Bounty Hunters, the the big book, individual book, uh, and then you're gonna cr- you're gonna have Star Wars, and so st- uh, regular Star Wars comic crossing over, as well as Darth Vader, Doctor Aphra somehow. And I forget if this Doctor Aphra set in between Empire and um, if it's set between Empire and. Uh, what the hell am I saying? I guess it can be, right? It makes sense that Dr. Aphra is. So, um, and then Star Wars. So not only do you have the individual bounty hunter, Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunter 1 through 5, but then Star Wars Bounty Hunter is also going to crash into it. That's the ongoing right now. It's on number 13. And Darth Vader. So um, a big giant battle, a big giant event in the Star Wars books. I quit reading these around five just because I, I just started getting confused and where I was because I was pre-ordering them online and they would come in and I forget where I was in the stories. I just find there's some comics where you just, when you see them, just read them real quick. I mean, Star Wars is that it's not that deep, but, um, I will start back up with the war of the bounty hunters, uh, and then read the back issues if I, you know, as, as I have time or as I need to, or as I find them because they, they come in and I just put them somewhere. Should just organize them. You know, I put them in a true read pile and they disappear forever. And then uh, a quick flip through um, the collected editions. I didn't see anything huge in these. Uh, they're already doing the King in Black uh, hardcover. Is that the hardcover? No, that's the trade. So I'm going to get the hardcover. I do have the King in Black. Or I do have like the Absolute Carnage hardcover, right? So, um, and then Venom. E. That's a trade. I really like seeing what the hard covers are going to be for for the. Oh, they're doing like little trades for every single one. I guess they always do that. I don't know why I'm surprised by that, but uh, it is a big King in Black trade month. Is 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 what this is showing me right now. It's funny. It's funny. These a lot of these crossovers in King in Black were not even barely King in Black crossovers. 
But yeah, nothing grand, nothing nothing huge in the world of the hardcovers. I didn't even see a What If hardcover collected edition there. Hey, that is the Marvel June releases. Uh, I will put this up almost immediately, and then you will be able to... And then I'll put it up again uh, when June is starting. So then it's a preview for the month that's coming. So uh, let me know what you guys think. What are you guys collecting? Uh, do any of these... I already know the answer, but do any of these... Uh, events sound interesting to you from the Hellfire Gala. You may not be reading X-Men. I mean, Heroes, that Heroes Reborn thing. I mean, look into it. Does it sound a little bit interesting? I don't know. It definitely doesn't sound interesting enough to spend all that money on it. Um, But like I said, uh, creative, a little bit creative. And the Infinite Destinies seems like a funny thing to be doing with the Infinity Stones and doing it through annuals and whatnot. But hey, if 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 it's cool, if it ends up being cool, it ends up being cool. I just prefer not the, the, the snooty... I don't like it when we have the snooty attitude towards these events. I mean, it's okay, like I said, it's okay to be like, I mean, they're too big. Uh, it's hard to get interested in them and they cost a lot of money. So that, that's okay. But then some people just like pretend like their attitude before they read it means the event sucked or something, you know, and like that. And that's what like layers on it for the next few years or whatever. I mean, maybe it will suck. I don't know. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Um, let me know all those, that stuff, what you think at chaos and comics on twitter and on instagram or find me on youtube and talk to me about comics there that's what i'm doing this for um you're not going to get rich podcasting about comics i'm literally doing this to talk to you about comics so let me know see you guys later